0: So today, I want to talk about something that has really been on my heart for about a year, and I'm going I'm to point someone out in just a minute, but uh, about a year ago, God really started talking to me about community and discipleship and what that looks like, and I really think that since we've experienced COVID-19, the pandemic, everyone's been isolated, everyone's been staying home. Uh, we have got tons of people who are at home right now watching with their families, and we love you all. Uh, but in the middle of all of that, God has really been speaking to me about community, and so I—I I, I guess it was right at the time we were getting ready to go to Israel. Uh, Lauren Stewart ended up giving me a book called Church Project. And I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And so I read red church project on the plane ride to Israel and on the plane ride back. And, and they have this particular segment in there about house church and how they do what we would call community groups. Uh, and it really caused me to start pressing in and looking at scripture and like, what is the church about? And I think oftentimes in our American society, we make church about either watching or attending a Sunday morning service or experience, um, and we we leave out the aspect that God has saved us from our sin and called us into the family of God, the community of God. And so, this is uh, today. I want to talk about what groups are here at City Church and kind of where we're headed. Because look. I say this respectfully, and I'm not upset at all with anyone. Um, people are not quick to return back to in-person church. And, and that's okay. There's, there's underlying conditions. There's concerns. There's kids. That, that, that is completely okay. And so what we say to our staff all the time and our leadership team is we are married to the mission. We date the method. Sunday morning experiences are a method. The mission is the same. The mission is to go out and make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. How we do that changes. And as a church community, are we still going to keep meeting on Sunday? Absolutely. But now more than ever, we are going to put an emphasis, we're going to pour money into, and we are going to focus on groups, community groups, and discipling people so that you can go out and make disciples. And, and, And here's, thank you. Thank you. And here's here's why. Here's our mission. Our mission, we exist at City Church, and it's gonna pop up here. We exist to lead people who are far from God into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And and Jesus said this best in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So let me just say something. I'm a little fired up right now, and I'm already sweating. It doesn't matter if it's war. It doesn't matter if it's a presidential election. It doesn't matter if it's a pandemic and a virus. Nothing is going to stop God from building His church. It is not a building. It is the people, and we are the people of God. And God is going to continue to to build us. And so this mission statement right here which we've had we've tweaked a few words since since the inception of City Church but um, that is our mission and that has been our mission for almost eight years it really comes out of Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19 where Jesus says to go out into all the world and baptize people to make disciples of people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and so we as a church community need to be focused on being disciple makers Who are you discipling today? And that's rhetorical. Don't shout it out. My mom, you know. But who who are you discipling? And I genuinely believe that discipleship happens best in circles, not in rows. Right now, we're in a bunch of rows. Unless you're at your house, you're all gathered around the television right now. But discipleship happens best in circles, not in rows. Uh, We came up with a creed here at City Church, if we could throw the creed up here. And it says this, we are a gospel-centered community, united in God and one another, united in loving God and one another. Together we are committed to establishing a culture of honor and excellence that Jesus may be known. We encounter God in our daily lives through prayer, worship, scripture, and other means prescribed by God. And we believe that we should be passionate about Jesus and connecting others to Jesus. But the very first line of this is, we are a gospel-centered community. A gospel-centered community, which means we all need to be in community with each other if we are going to reach our potential as individuals and if we are going to reach our potential as a church community. We are called into community. And and so um, here's kind of our goal. Here's our goal. Our goal is that uh, the groups that we currently have are going to keep meeting, and our goal is to kind of re, um, not redefine, that isn't the right word, but like relaunch groups to where we will have more groups kicking off the second week in September. I believe it's September 13th, that we will have more community groups or house churches, if you want to call it that, um, and that the, the leaders in there will be trained, that they will be empowered, that they will be able to disciple and pastor and teach and raise up other people who disciple, pastor, and teach. And, and here's why I want to encourage all of us here to get involved in community. Here's why. And I'm going to go real quick. Colossians. Bearing with one another. And there's, first off, there's a lot of one another's in the Bible, but we should be bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Next slide. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Interesting, again, another one another. Next slide. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, another one another, and pray for one another. You guys starting to pick up on what's going on? That you may be healed, that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Next slide. I think this is the last one. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. Christ and individually members of one another. We are called to one another. We are called to one another. We are called to be in community and relationship with one another. And Jesus modeled this. Jesus had his best friend, right? Um, it was him and, and Peter and John would argue with that, that he was his favorite. But like it was at first you had Jesus and one. So he was close to one person, and then you had Jesus in three, and then you had Jesus in 12, and then you had Jesus in 70, and then you had Jesus in the thousands. Jesus lived in community, and he modeled this for us, he, and, and this is something that he calls us to, is to live in community. And so here's kind of I want to spend the next five or six minutes just breaking down a passage of scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you got your Bible, you can follow along with me. If not, it's going to be on the Sky Bible behind me, or it'll be on your computer screen or your phone screen or your TV screen. Um, side note, sometimes I feel like I'm an old person. This is totally not in my notes, but uh, I, I don't know if you ever do this. Like, I call the TV the picture machine sometimes. Has anyone ever done that? Any, or the video machine? Like, hey, son, let's play the video machine, a.k.a. Xbox, right? You know, um, that's my dad rubbing off on me. Don't hate. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, all of the members of the body, though many are one body, and so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew and Greek, slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Now let me, let me pause here. Because the context of what he's talking about is really leadership in in this passage. He's talking about leadership, and he's talking about spiritual gifts. And you have a spiritual gift that I don't have, and I have a spiritual gift that you don't have. And so um, he's trying to draw this parallel of, like, we need each other as the church. And so he's using a human body as an example. And he continues on in verses 14. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. He gives an example. And let me just say this. You don't make up the church. I don't make up the church. We are a part of the church as the body of Christ. City church is not the only church. City church is an expression in one member of of the Capital Region Church that is an expression in one member of New York State Church or the American Church that is one expression in one member of the global Catholic Church and by Catholic I'm not talking about Roman Catholic I'm talking about the global unified body of Christ and so we are family with our brother David who is in India as a church planter we are family with um, the the Chinese churches that are underground right now we are a part of the same body, and therefore we need one another. And on a microcosm level here in our community, we need each other. I need you and you need me. Sometimes you need me. You probably don't need me. Like, but you need each other, right? We need each other. He continues on in verses 15. I lost my place. There we go. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Now, I think what's interesting is it's saying if you're a foot and I'm an, a leg, or if you're an ear and I'm an eye, it would not make you any less a part of the body. But if you being a hand or you being a foot or you being an eye do not engage with the body of Christ, it may not make you less a part of the body, but it will make the body of Christ less. Did you catch that? Because if you're not reaching your full potential as a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ, then ultimately the body of Christ will not be all that God has called her to be. So he's challenging us. He's saying, come on, let's be the body. Verses 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of uh, hearing? Where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chooses. If we were all single members, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We all make up different aspects of the body of Christ. And and I'm just going to go off on a little Christianese rant for just a second. Something that's really been bothering me lately, and I was talking to someone last night as I was playing Modern Warfare, do not judge me, um, but I was talking to someone about it last night, is like we've crept up in this Christian culture that we think that unity means uniformity. That everyone needs to dress the same and act the same and be the same. And we need to have all the same spiritual gifts. And man, I will never be all that God has called me to be if I try to be somebody else. I will never be all that God has called me to be as a pastor if I try to be Stephen Furtick or or Carl Lentz or any of these other guys. And they're great guys, and God's moving. But I need to be who God has called Michael Moore to be. City Church needs to be who God has called City Church to be. You need to be who God has called you to be. Paloma and Marissa and whoever else is up here leading worship, they ain't Taya, and that's okay. They're getting offended over there. Don't get offended. Don't get offended. They ain't, and that's okay, but Taya ain't them. If y'all don't know who Taya is, just ask Jeremy, which, by the way, Jeremy, welcome back from Hillsong. Um, And so if y'all don't know Jeremy, go harass him afterwards. Um, But we cannot reach our potential as the body of Christ until we all are engaged. This takes 100% And so I'm going to give a few practicals. Here's some of the reasons that I hear why not to be a part of community groups. And I just want to, I love you. I just want to say that. But here's some of the reasons I hear. Um, One is social anxiety. Look, I don't know if you know this about me. I've got social anxiety all the time. All the time. Like, I go into places, I go to somebody else's house, I don't, you know, is the cooking going to be good? What's the conversation going to be? I get social anxiety all the time. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And you can overcome that with each other, with one another. Number two is I'm introverted. Have you met my wife? Has anybody ever met my wife? Any, some of y'all, some of y'all don't even know who my wife is because she's that introverted. Baby, I love you. I know you're home with the kids and Judah and Allie. Y'all are awesome. My wife is an introvert, but if you get around her and she starts dropping these truth bombs, my, my wife doesn't talk a lot, but when she talks, it's like phew, and you're just like, ouch, conviction. We need introverts because y'all are a lot wiser and more reserved than us extroverts, and sometimes we do and say stupid stuff. And so we need you to pull the reins back on us. Can I get an amen from all the introverts? There's a lot more introverts than extroverts, by the way. Uh, Here's another thing I hear. It's a busy season, and I understand that. It's a busy season. A season is not your entire life. I understand that, that it's a busy season, but I also know that right now there's no sports, as Kevin was talking about. There's not a lot of outside activities. Six Flags is closed. Crossgates is barely open. You can't go to the movie theater. I think that there may be some opportunity for you to get engaged into a gospel-centered community right now. And then the fourth reason is because I grow best on my own. And I've heard that before. I grow b- best of my own. I read my Bible, I got my own U version daily Bible plans, and I get through it. Maybe, maybe God doesn't need you to be fed in a group. Maybe God needs you to feed other people in a group. If Christianity is all about you feeding yourself, what's gonna happen is you're gonna get spiritually fat and you're not going to be able to do anything with it. You're going to be like we talked about last week, the salt of the earth that loses its saltiness. So here's our strategy. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here real quick. They're they're props today. They're an illustration. Here's our strategy moving forward as we land the plane. We've got seven minutes and 37 seconds. I'm going to do it do y'all believe it do y'all believe i'm going to end on time yes yeah i even prayed i even prayed that i would end on time we'll see if it happens all right you got to add an extra 15 seconds though because the worship team is just taking their grand old time right all right so we'll leave dan here you guys just go there and that's that's fine okay so here's our goal as we kind of relaunch groups and again the groups that are currently going they'll keep going but as we relaunch groups this is our goal our goal is to have and to really launch 10 to 12 solid groups with one or two really strong leaders and there's going to be a group leaders training we'll have more information coming out about that but the goal of discipleship is for me to take dan alongside of me elbows because of social distancing To me to take Dan alongside of me and for me to pour into him. What would happen if I poured into Dan as a potential community group pastor or leader for 12 months? And then at the end of that 12 months, it's like, Dan, I love you. You're really smart, and you are really smart. And he probably leads a group better than me, I'm just saying. Um, But, Dan, you're really, I just think you need to go start your own group. And then what happens is, step over here. I know I just touched you. Don't judge me. Um, But what happens is Dan starts his own group. And then, David, come on up. I pull David under my wing. And Dan, maybe this is prophetic, pulls Noah under his wing. And so what's happened is in a year's time, it's gone from one group to two groups with four leaders. And then another year goes by, and then David pulls Paloma, and Noah pulls Sean, and Dan pulls Marissa, and I've got John. Come on over here, John. I know we're trying to practice social distancing. Look, email all complaints to Daniel at citychurchalbany.com about that. But what's happened is is we're starting to reproduce our self. Reproduce ourselves. Thank you guys so much. Y'all can be seated. Sean's going to play keys and make it spiritual as I start to, to land the plane. And so I, I want to, this is optimism, okay? This is a bold statement I'm about to say. But hear me out. If we did this, if we did this, and we took, let's just say, Ten people, for number's six. ten people. We had ten leaders who our team was working with. They were being discipled. They were discipling somebody else, and they created these gospel-centered communities of accountability and love where people are thriving with one another and praying for one another. If we took those ten and in 12 months' time we doubled that, that would be 20 groups in 12 months' time. And if we double that and double that and double that, you as a leader have the potential, catch this, you as a community group leader have the potential to influence and disciple up to 160 different people in five years' time. Now, not you directly doing it, but you discipling someone who then goes off and disciple someone who then goes off and disciple someone who then goes off. And I did the math. I even put it in Google last night. If we started with ten groups and for the next five years we doubled and we ended up discipling and starting more groups, In five years' time, we would have 160 groups. And then the next pandemic comes, and our response is not, oh, we got to cancel church. Our response is just go to your home church. Go to your house church. Go to your group and go over there. And we have 160 groups meeting in the capital region. And so whenever Jesus says the gates of hell shall not prevail, government may shut down the church, um, coronavirus may shut down the church, uh, all these other things may shut down the church, but nothing can stop the people of God. Thank you. One person's like, that's good. And I know that that's a ferocious goal. But I want to challenge you, man. Church cannot just be meeting together on a Sunday. We cannot just come here and meet together, and that's it. We have got to be engaged. I love what Tim Keller says. He says, you cannot truly know God without gospel community. Because God is a triune God. He's a God in community with himself and then in community with us. And so we can never truly know God, the character of God, until we are in community with each other. And so here's what's going to happen. This week, Thursday, we send out our emails. If you don't check your email, you should check your email. And there's going to be a link in this week's email for you to sign up if you're interested in being a community group leader. We're going to ask some information. What type of group do you want to lead? And then after that, we're going to invite anyone interested in leading a group to three trainings. Two out of the three will be virtual. And we, we want to train you, we want to disciple you, and we want to set you up for success. And then in September, we're going to launch some new groups, and we are going to be so focused on building community. If you're asking, Michael, what is the future of the church? It is groups. What is the one thing we're going to be focused on? It is groups. And that also includes groups for next gen as well. And so groups are the future. We will still gather We'll still celebrate. We'll still sing and lift our hands. But nothing, nothing replaces me sitting across the living room with someone and having an honest conversation about my struggles and with what God is doing with me, both pros and cons, and by cons I mean conviction, and allowing that person to pray for me and to minister to me and to speak life into me. Whenever you go through tragedy or hardship, man, the group, the people of God gather around you and they build you up and they lift you up and they encourage you. That is the church and that's what we are invited to be a part of. So, think we can do this? Thank you, thank you. I need affirmation. I'm an extrovert. like. <laughs> so, gosh, that was so self-centered. I apologize. Look, um, let me just, as we close out, let me just say this. And I've got 14 seconds, and then another two minutes is going to pop up. And so I'm officially done with my sermon, and I'm into closing now. Look, community is great. But if you don't know Jesus, you can never fully experience community. And so if you've never given your life to Christ and you're here this morning or if you're watching online, I want to invite you to give your heart, to give your life to Christ. And all you have to do, all I'm asking you to do is just to say a simple prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And if you said that prayer, and if you're watching online, I want to encourage you to text the word JESUS to 518-501-0121. Or also send us an email, which you guys, we have had people do almost every week. And we want to send you a free gift. We want to send you a book, The Cross Worked. It talks about salvation and how we can find eternal rest in the cross of Jesus Christ. Uh, And if you're here today... And maybe you're saying, I'm giving my life to Christ for the first time. Um, I encourage you to fill out a Connect card at the host table on your way out. And we want to give you this book. Just let us know. We want to give you this book. But look, we love you guys. uh, Let's just stand as I pray. And we'll get you guys out of here. I don't think we've ever done a worship experience in an hour, and it just happened. So, Father, I thank you for everybody here. God, I just ask that you would bless them, that you would keep them, that your grace and your favor would be upon them. As we go out into the world today, let us be a gospel-centered community, united in loving God and loving one another. To everyone online, we'll see you next week. And to everyone here, we will see you next week. Have an incredible day. And if you're staying for the Israel meeting, we'll be meeting at 1215 right here. Be blessed.